Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you're listening to fox sports radio, radio. what up Welcome to the Joy Taylor Show. I am Joy Taylor. Thanks for hanging with us today. Thanks for hanging with us today. It's a wild card weekend. Very exciting. I am thrilled for the games this weekend. Normally there's a game where you're like, eh, I don't know. Maybe that's the game I can like go run errands during. But not this weekend. As I was discussing with the guys, um... That Steelers game's interesting to me, selfishly. Uh, and I actually didn't mind what Big Ben said about being huge underdogs. Like, that's uh, that's fun. This has been a year of parody. Yes, it would be a massive shock if the Steelers were able to beat the Chiefs, but I think they can keep it close. And uh, I don't I don't want to get anywhere near a, you know, 12-and-a-half-point spread in the playoffs. That feels a little crazy, even with as good as the Chiefs are. But we have a fun show today. The guys, Ryan and Iowa Sam are here with me in studio, and we will also talk to Kelsey Conway. She is the Bengals reporter for Enquirer and USA Today Sports. That's a game I am very interested in. That is today, this afternoon. I'm very excited to see Joe Burrow in his playoff premiere and Derek Carr in his playoff premiere. It feels weird because Derek Carr is such a veteran, but when the last time the Raiders went to the playoffs, he was injured. That was the year that he was on an MVP run and unfortunately got injured. So that's a great game today. We'll also talk to Willie McGinnis, 15-year NFL vet, three-time Super Bowl champ, Patriots Hall of Famer, USC legend, and of course also on NFL Network. 
Um, and Darnell Smith on the Up On Game podcast and also works Speak For Yourself on FS1. He is a huge Colts fan, and there's been a lot of a lot of Colts controversy over the past couple of days. They thought they had their quarterback of the future in Carson Wentz, and up oh, he decided to do that Carson Wentz thing for the last two games of the season. And, of course, notoriously against Jacksonville, which is why they are not in the playoffs this weekend after having uh, a, a really good season. Definitely felt like a playoff team. So we have a really fun show for you today. Of course, we'll preview the NFL games. We'll keep you updated on all of the college basketball action. A lot of games going on right now. Of course, there are a lot of job openings at the head coach position in the NFL. Not terribly shocking some of the fires, but uh, what looked like it was going to be maybe three or four has now ballooned into a lot. And, of course, David Culley was just let go um this thursday so that leaves one one black head coach in the entire nfl uh and of course we will discuss who the mvp should be because now the regular season is over we have a really clear picture of who should end up with that award at nfl honors before super bowl but before we get into all of that it's the last i think this is the last time i can do the favorite five so we're gonna have to shrink it we'll have to find some new uh new imaging to get creative. That's always fun. Your favorite one. My favorite one. Kind of running out of games. <laughs> well, we can still do my favorite five today, so let's do it. Five. Now, we've got five NFL games for you. It's your favorite five. All right, Raiders at the Bengals. Cincinnati is favored by five and a half. I think I would take the Raiders points there, but I think Cincinnati will win this game. The Raiders have been an incredible story this year. I'm very happy for Derek Carr. We decided to to root for the Raiders in that game, and it was that we were on the right side. <laughs> very controversial game, that Chargers-Raiders game. People were spicy mad. Spicy mad about that. Win the game! Win the game! Spicy! But, uh, well, I guess they could have tied, which was which was the whole point. Tie the game or win the game. I appreciated that they the didn't tie. The fact that that was almost reality is just laughable. It was very annoying for me, I have to be honest with you, because I had no thought in my mind that they were going to tie. And then here we are at the end of the game. Like this Raiders kicker misses his field goal. Not only are the Steelers out, but they tied and they're both in. Honestly, it would have been the worst. Like I would have felt like neither one of you deserve this if you tied. They just did glad it. it got resolved. They did get resolved. And Thank we had goodness. a clear winner. And the Steelers are in because of that. And the Raiders are in. And I'm looking forward to this game. As I mentioned a few moments ago, this is Derek Carr's first playoff game, his playoff premiere. And Joe Burrow's playoff premiere. Joe Burrow has had an MVP-level season. He is everything that he was advertised to be. He has elevated this Bengals organization that has been notoriously dysfunctional for a long time. I am so happy for the Bengals and Joe Burrow that they are there. And I think that they win this game, and I'm really looking forward to that one. Patriots at the Bills. So, this one is interesting to me. I want to see how Mac Jones performs in the playoffs. It's a different circumstance. But this is one of the two games that you have to pay attention to the weather this weekend. It's going to be like zero degrees in Buffalo. (laughs) Um, I don't understand how that's like – it's that's uninhabitable to me, but there's going to be a stadium full of Bills Mafia, and they're going to be in snowsuits. 
And I think it's interesting because of that, because the last weather game that the Patriots and Bills had, we know how it went. Mac Jones threw three times. And they ended up getting the win. I don't think that will be the game plan this time around. There, it's not a snow situation, but that's really cold. It does impact players when it is that cold. And obviously the Patriots are used to playing in cold as well. But the Bills are favored by four and a half. I would take the Patriots points there. And I can't wait to see how Mac Jones does in the playoffs. And quite frankly, how Josh Allen and the Bills do against Bill Belichick. In the playoffs. So looking forward to that. Eagles at the Bucks. Tampa is favored by eight and a half. That's a lot of points. The Eagles are the number one rushing team in the league. They are number one also in a very interesting stat, big plays, meaning they can get big chunks. If they fall behind, it's not going to be a problem them climbing back in the game. They can go over the top and they can run the ball really, really well. This is the other weather game. It is supposed to be monsoon raining in Tampa Bay. So that might affect the over the top game. Obviously it is still Tom Brady, the greatest to ever do it. I think Tampa wins this game, but I think that the Eagles keep it close. And then Niners at the Cowboys. Now this is a great, great matchup. This is an old school playoff matchup. Cowboys, Niners, Jimmy G, Dak Prescott. How is the run game going to go for Dallas? That is the question in this game. Dallas wins when they can rush for more than 100 yards. That's just the math on the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win this game mostly because nobody thinks the Cowboys are going to win this game. Jimmy G is still, while he has finished the season great, still limited. And I think the Cowboys are overall the better team. I think Dallas will win this game. And uh, and it's going to be a great one. And you can also watch this game with me on Scouts Feed with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. On Prime Video, change your settings to Scouts Feed, or you can watch on twitch.tv slash move the sticks. So looking forward to that game tomorrow. Cardinals at the Rams. Woo! All right, we are here in Los Angeles, and this is a city of stars. Matthew Stafford was brought in to replace Jared Goff, who everyone felt wasn't the guy to get it done. But they did go to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and now Matthew Stafford is here He has never won a playoff game in his entire career. They certainly have a Super Bowl roster, Super Bowl expectations, Super Bowl capabilities. And they'd like to play a home game here at SoFi. And that starts with beating the Indivision Cardinals, who are 8-1 on the road this year. They are a great road team. Still very capable. Have struggled a bit this year after Kyler Murray's injury, but... All the pressure in the playoffs is on Matthew Stafford. I think it's Matthew Stafford one, Cowboys as a whole two. But definitely Matthew Stafford needs to get his first playoff win, and he better take care of the ball in this postseason. Los Angeles. Now, I know what you're thinking. Joy, you're a Pittsburgh girl. How do you not have the Steelers, Chiefs in, in the uh in the in your favorite five? Because I'm a woman of the people, okay? I know that the Steelers Chiefs is the, you know, the dud of the weekends. It's you know, Chiefs are 12-and-a-half-point favorites. Steelers' offense is basically inept. Um, but uh, that's why. I have to keep it real. I got to keep it a buck with everybody. So while I'm still looking forward to that game, I know everybody is going to enjoy these games more. Now, that said, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I, I'm I'm not going to bother myself by uh, putting any any monies on this because that, that spread is just obnoxious for the playoffs. But that's my favorite five. All right, let's get to my dimes. 
Here's your dropping a dime piece. Two dimes. All right, Eagles eight and a half is a lot. That's a lot of points to give the number one rushing team in the league. Uh, it's it's too many. So the weather's going to be terrible. They're going to be running the ball a lot. I'm going to take the Eagles points. I think the Bucks win that game, but I think the Eagles cover eight and a half. The other one is uh, also involves the Patriots. Tom Brady, former Buck, uh, former Patriot, and the Patriots plus four and a half at Buffalo. They beat Buffalo in Buffalo earlier this year. I know that doesn't mean anything when it comes to the postseason, but it is another bad weather game. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of NFL history. If Mac Jones was capable, doesn't make any huge mistakes. I think that they, I think the Bills win, but I think the Patriots cover four and a half. So I'm taking Eagles plus eight and a half. And Patriots plus four and a half, two dogs for my dimes this weekend. All right. Very exciting wild card weekends coming up. I'm starting right after our show. So you don't have to go anywhere. You just stay with us for the whole show and then just, you know, stay with Fox Sports Radio all day while you're watching the shows or while you're watching the games. It's perfect. You get immediate analysis. That's how we do it around here. <laughs> we'll talk to Kelsey Conway about Bengals Raiders at the bottom of the hour, but there were a lot of firings. This uh, this season with head coaches, and I will give you my thoughts on some of that coming up on The Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from The Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Some Destiny's Child? You were talking about the Bills, so... I don't know. That's how my (laughs) stupid brain works. Good song, though. Uh, it's a great song. I've actually been I've been listening to a lot of Destiny's Child the past couple weeks. Bills, I don't bills, bills, bills. They're playing tonight. Uh, they are playing tonight. That's funny. It is. It is. I don't want to say it's strange how you, your brain works, Sam, but I was interested in seeing what the connection to this song was. Well, I know you like Beyonce. We were talking about the Bills, so I, I do. I love Beyonce. Kind of bring them together. It's Beyonce's world. We're just living in it. It's true. Um. Well. It's an exciting weekend coming up. I'm looking forward to all of these games. I think we're going to have a great postseason. We had an awesome regular season, a lot of parity, which uh, which I think actually played a significant role in why there are so many job openings because clearly a lot of owners felt that they underachieved this year. We'll talk to Kelsey Conway. She is the Bengals reporter for Esquire and USA Today Sports about the Bengals-Raiders game. And the Raiders is a job that is expected to be open, although I think that Bisaccia deserves the job. I think he's done a tremendous job being the interim coach there. We generally assume that they're moving on from interim coaches, but I think he's done a great job. And, you know, the owner, Mark Davis, usually likes to go for the splashy hires, so he probably will. But... Obviously, the story now with eight openings, the Texans, Giants, Dolphins, Bears, Vikings, Broncos, Jags, and as I just mentioned, the assumed Raiders, there is one black head coach currently employed in the National Football League, and that is Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And... To talk about the Steelers for a moment before we get into the other issue at hand, the Steelers are a great example of what a well-run organization looks like. When I talked about the Steelers a few weeks ago being just a piece away from being a Super Bowl contender, I meant that because it's much easier to go from a functional, competitive, winning organization to being a contender than it is to go from a complete rebuild to being a contender. You really have to get the guy and then put some more real guys around him. Like, for example, the Bengals, who I don't know if we think they're Super Bowl contenders, but they're in the tournament, so they got a shot. And there's a lot of other teams that thought they were contenders. Browns. There's something in my throat. Sorry. It happens sometimes. Cleveland, (laughs) excuse me, uh, that aren't contenders because they don't have the guy. and. Cleveland fans are, you know, questioning Stefanski and some of the moves that are made. And, and, and that's what organizations that aren't used to winning do. Now, this isn't about Stefanski or the Steelers, really. But what I want to say is that consistency is important. And when you have a leader, when you have someone that you know is capable, 
sometimes, just sometimes, it's not the coach's fault. Now, it's obviously easier to fire a coach than it is to get a whole new roster. You're not going to get a new owner. And in most cases, it's really hard to move on from the GM because the GM is the one who talks to the owner the most. And nobody is going to walk into their boss's office like, hey, boss, I thought about it. And it's really my fault. I picked a bunch of players that have not lived up to their potential. And I don't really set a good tone around the building. And I can't get along with the uh, head coach. So it's probably like if we're looking at what the main source of of issues here with the team this year is probably my fault. No one's going to do that. So you notice that it actually takes quite a bit before a GM gets let go. For example, the Miami Dolphins. They moved on from Brian Flores in shocking fashion. And the GM who hired the head coach, who had final say on the roster, so he's responsible for this offensive line, which is some weeks the worst, second worst, depending on how the Giants play, in the league. And you still don't know who the guy is because you drafted Tua ahead of Justin Herbert. And we don't know if he's the guy. Probably give him another year, but no one can in good faith look you in the eye and say that they know that Tua is capable of being a franchise quarterback or taking the Dolphins to any kind of level of success in the postseason. Don't know yet. Maybe he is, but we don't know yet. And part of that was the way that his development was handled. So when we look at all these openings, and everyone is, every situation is different. The main thing that I take away from it is perhaps sometimes it's not the coach's fault. (laughs) Like it makes the most sense that fans would react to coaches because you see them on the sidelines, you hear from them in the media, you assume that they have all the control over the organization. But the reality is they don't. The owners have all the power because they own the team. They're the ultimate boss. They can't fire owners, but as fans, you can focus on what the issue is. In all these situations, it's not necessarily the owner. Obviously, Mark Davis loved John Gruden. He was not, not a good man. That's why he's not there. But the Raiders have also been dysfunctional for a really long time. They just don't get credit for it because the Raiders are a great brand. Look at Jacksonville. Kind of the same situation, minus the brand. Owner went in on Urban Meyer, didn't treat people well. It was an utter disaster. He's out of there. The Broncos are a well-run organization. Just couldn't get it done with Vic Fangio. But they also don't have a quarterback, which you could argue is the front office's fault because they haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manning. Mike Zimmer, another well-run organization, lots of talent, underachieved. But is there a human on earth that can make Kirk Cousins better than he is? I don't think that person exists. I think Kirk Cousins is what he is. He's just okay. He's just, he's just a little bit better than average. Bears, that's, I mean, what, what, what do you even say, say with the Bears? It's the same as the Raiders. Like, huge brands, always the same story. I'm not putting that on Matt Nagy. Sorry, what have you done that makes me think that this is Matt Nagy's fault? Now, it, it, it wore out, but... I'm not putting that on Matt Nagy. The Giants are just a disaster. But again, disaster, fired, fired, fired. How many coaches have they gone through since their last Super Bowl? Four, I think. 
three or four, that's not the coaches. If you're firing coaches every three years, it's not the coaches. It's the same situation for the Texans. Same situation for the Dolphins. So that aside, the whole issue with firing coaches and putting all the accountability on the coaches and their staff, by the way, because when you fire a head coach, you're not just firing the head coach. You're also firing an entire staff of people. So when you look at some of these organizations, you have to consider that over like the past 10 years, they've, they've fired hundreds of people. Hundreds. That's remarkable. That's not on the coaches. That's the team. That's something institutionally wrong with what you're doing. You got to figure that out. It's not the coach's fault. It's easy for us to blame the coaches, but when you're on your fourth coach in like 15 years, it's not the coaches. It's you. It's time to look in the mirror. You're doing something wrong. Because every year we're in the same situation. There's seven or eight openings available. But you know where there's not? Pittsburgh Steelers. Because they don't panic. Because they have the guy, and sometimes you have down years, and sometimes you have great years. Sometimes you have good years. But you don't panic and hit the reset button every time somebody doesn't get along with someone. Now, to the conversation about the one black head coach in the NFL. I've seen a lot of whataboutism. Well, why aren't there more Hispanic coaches? Why aren't there more female coaches? And so on and so forth. All the whataboutism. First of all, if you're presented with a problem and your initial response is, what about this? You're waving the white flag that you don't have an argument. You've just openly admitted you have no idea what you're talking about and you'd like to change the subject to lower the conversation to a level in which you can compete. Just so you know. Anyone intellectual knows that. If someone said, I'm going to put together an event for breast cancer awareness. And you were standing in a room with someone who said, well, well, what about colon cancer? How dare you bring that up without mentioning brain cancer? You would be concerned for the temperature in the room. You would assume that something is about to go down because that's a ridiculous response. It's also wildly insensitive. And you would assume that the person making that statement is not very intelligent because that's not a smart thing to say. So when people say it is alarming that there is one black head coach in the NFL, don't say, what about this? You've just declared you're not intelligent enough or educated enough to have this conversation. And it's okay to be ignorant on a topic. It's okay to not have the answer. You're allowed to ask questions. What you're not allowed to do is dismiss the conversation because you are incapable of having it. It is an issue that there is one black head coach in the NFL. Do I think that there will be hirings that will change that number this, this cycle? I hope so. There's, of course, no guarantee of that. But the fact that through one round of firings, we can be down to one black head coach, that's a problem. And it, can, it continues to be a problem and a conversation year after year after year. So maybe it's time to find a better way to do things. We'll talk to Kelsey Conway about Raiders Bengals after we get to What's Trending. Well, thank you very much. And we have had some activity on the college hardwood today. A lot of upsets in the early action. Seven tenths of a second left. 64-62 Northwestern. Shot no good. Rebound by 
Roper. It's over. And Northwestern has come into the Breslin Center and beaten Michigan State 64 to 62. Justice has prevailed. Dave Annette from Learfield as Northwestern does get the big upset. Number 17, Xavier, was a winner over Creighton 80 to 73, but Kansas State surprised number 19, Texas Tech, 62 51. Marquette, a 73 72 upset of number 20, Seton Hall. On the hardwood right now, number 18, Kentucky, an 81 52 lead over number 22, Tennessee. It's been the Wildcats from the get go. 11 47 still to play in the second half there. Number 8, Duke, 34 27 over North Carolina State. Number 9, Kansas, trailing at home to West Virginia. Mountaineers up 22 17. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, we're counting down to it right now. It is just two hours away from kickoff as the Raiders will be playing at Cincinnati. Yep, there it is. That's the clock. Uh, kickoff there will be in the mid-30s. Joe Burrow, yeah, he knows they can win a number of ways. Like against the Raiders last time, you just need to complete balls and move the sticks. You know, it might not be flashy on the stat sheet, but you're going to get the job done. And then some games like against the Chiefs, you're going to have to go out and win it. We're capable of doing all those things and winning a lot of different ways. Uh, coming up at 8.15 Eastern, it'll be the second game today. Buffalo hosting New England. couple of personnel notes relative to the playoffs. The Bucks have activated running back Gio Bernard. So he, Leonard Fournette, both could be available against Philadelphia. And Joy, I know you'll enjoy this one. As Juju Smith-Schuster has tweeted, quote, God has answered my prayers, continued on. But if God's answering your prayers, I'm guessing you're going to play against Kansas City. Just a just a guess. So we sent it back. It's the Joy Taylor Show. <laughs> thank, thank you. That's Ralph Irvin with What's Trending. The Joy Taylor Show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. Your home for live sports, and that means all sports. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Now go on and plan your trip at visitlasvegas.com to see the best and brightest in Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. And Cincinnati is playing. Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Las Vegas Raiders today. And let's go out to Kelsey Conway. She is the lead reporter for Inquirer and USA Today Sports on the Cincinnati Bengals. Thank you for joining us, Kelsey. Hey, Joy. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am very excited for Wild Card Weekends. And uh, let's talk about your your Bengals. What's What's the energy around the team right now? This is Joe Burrow's first first playoff, his first playoff game, his was, playoff premiere. I was walking into the stadium, and I've never seen as many Bengals fans out tailgating. Obviously, this season, um, they've, had a, they've had a pretty good crowd. Um, I know it's been the best crowd they've had in a couple of years, but today has just been different. The, the streets in downtown Cincinnati are just flooded with people in black and orange, Joe Burrow jerseys everywhere, a gigantic inflatable Joe Bur- Burrow um, at this major tailgate. I, this, this city is so ready for the Cincinnati Bengals to end that playoff drought and finally get a playoff win. Well, it's uh, it's the premiere for Derek Carr and Joe Burrow today. People mm-hmm. forget that because Derek, they were in the – playoffs when Derek Carr was on the team but he was injured that year so this is a big matchup you know it's it's a very it's a very even matchup but I think the Raiders have kind of you know scraped and clawed their way into the playoffs while Cincinnati is coming in as the leaders in the AFC North 
Yeah, I think you'd obviously have to give the edge to the Bengals, right, because they beat the Raiders early on in the season. But I think this game's actually going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, I know everybody's really high on the Bengals' offense right now, but it's different in the playoffs. The Bengals are going to get the Raiders' best. And obviously the Bengals know the history on their side, right? And it's still a very young Bengals offense. Joe Burrow is just in his second year. T. Higgins in his second year. Jamar Chase, a rookie. So although they've been playing phenomenal in the month of December, and that's basically what got them here, that's still going to be a factor in today's game. The Raiders are a little bit more um, advanced in. They have older players. But skill-wise, I think you'd have to give the edge to the Bengals. And they obviously showed that in the first meeting back in November. What's the what's the weather there in Cincinnati today? So they actually avoided the snow early on this week. Uh, snow is in the forecast, and then it switched to rain. But it's about 32 degrees in Cincinnati right now. The wind chill is supposed to get pretty pretty low um, as the sun starts to go away. But it's actually a really comfortable day in Cincinnati. It's cold, but I think this is what they say: this is playoff football, right? (laughs) Football weather, yeah. Well, at least I mean that's like manageable. I mean, I'm I'm a punk. I am so soft. I I grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, I left Pittsburgh when I was 18, but I've lived in Miami and L.A. ever since, so I am soft now. But that it's at least better than Buffalo, where it's supposed to be zero. Yeah, and you can appreciate what a January Saturday is. The sun is the key here. Yeah. That's the key. And the sun is out right now. It's a actually kind of a beautiful day. So I think they, they avoided um, the snow, which I think would have played into the Bengals' favor, obviously, with the Raiders playing in a dome for most of their games. But... No snow is good for everyone at all. <laughs> We're talking to Kelsey Conway. She's the Bengals reporter for Enquirer and USA Today Sports. So I loved, loved Joe Burrow. I was in love with Joe Burrow in the draft. Nobody could tell me anything about Joe Burrow. And I wanted the Dolphins. Says everyone. <laughs> no, I swear. I was like, I, me and uh, TJ Hushmanzada. <laughs> Were like you can't don't I don't want to hear about how many starts he has like this is the dude I knew he was capable of coming in the NFL and elevating a team that's why I I said I'm like the Dolphins should give up all of their first round picks mm-hmm. for the next ten years just whatever you need to do to give the, to the Bengals to move up which obviously the Bengals were not going to move off of him and they made the right decision but he's lived up to the hype of being of where he was selected and what he, people assumed about him leaving LSU the way that he did. So is it, I mean, obviously I'm sure Cincinnati is in love with Joe Burrow now, but was there any speculation about him at any point? Well, I think last year it was just hard for everyone to get a read on who he was going to be in the NFL because, like you said, he didn't have a lot of starts in college. He went on that historic run at LSU, and, I mean, he might be the most appreciated LSU Tiger there is after getting them the national championship. But then he got hurt, and the Bengals didn't really have the roster that they do right now. Very banged up offensive line was protecting him before he tore his ACL. So it's really hard to get a read on what Joe Burrow's potential could be in that rookie season. And then I think you can make an argument that he has exceeded expectations and Zach Taylor has said as much this season. I think a lot of people talk about Dak Prescott should be the comeback player of the year, but people forget that Joe Burrow tore his ACL and MCL in November of last year and was back didn't miss any time. He was able to practice all through training camp. He was able to rehab so well and put himself in a position that 
you know, he was a little rusty the first couple of weeks, but once he hit his stride in about October when the Bengals traveled to Baltimore to beat the Ravens, it was the first time that he had ever beaten the Ravens and that the Bengals had beaten the Ravens under Zach Taylor's tenure as head coach. That's when things started to change in terms of, I think, how people perceive Joe Burrow. He threw for over 400 yards. He's thrown for almost 1,000 yards against the Ravens. And you know the Ravens the Ravens are known for their defense. Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of his coming out game. And ever since then, um, he's just one of, playing as one of the most accurate quarterbacks. And his kind of aura, his it factor has translated throughout this entire locker room to the point that I truly believe in – you know, CJ Uzama and a couple of the other players have said that no matter how many points the Bengals are down, he gets them back in games. And it's true when they say the Bengals really do feel like they have a chance as long as number nine is that quarterback. And it's, it's fun for the rest of not just Cincinnati, the rest of the NFL to be able to see a young quarterback kind of play how he is. Cause there's been a lot of comparisons to him, to Peyton Manning. And you remember how much fun it was to see Peyton Manning play in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was that was one of the the scouts on him that he just has ultimate confidence in himself. But I think confidence is is very different than you know being conceited or being cocky. Yeah. It's different mm-hmm. than you know an obnoxious chip on your shoulder. Like he really mm-hmm. believes in his capabilities, and when you prepare and you believe in yourself, that's that's the recipe. Let's, let's talk about the imp- impact of uh, of Jamar Chase. Like, what has he brought to the team other than just being inc- absolutely incredible? I think that he you can't understate how important he has been to the Bengals' offense because Joe Burrow had Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins last year, although T. Higgins was a rookie. He had two dynamic wide receivers. Jamar Chase has just made – this thing go and I don't know if you've seen the meme yet where uh, Joe Burrow was asked after one of his games you know like do you basically just like chuck it down the field just thinking hey like Jamar is going to get it and he <laughs> was like yeah um, it's pretty much in my head like F it Jamar's down there somewhere and and people laughed but that's truly it obviously they've banked a ton of reps from their time at LSU but they truly have a connection that has really made a difference for this Bengals offense he is a missing piece. He's the vertical down threat off, off offensive weapon that Joe Burrow needed in this offense because people are so focused on Jamar Chase right now that's just leaving T. Higgins, who is a second-round pick, open. And then if they try and take away Higgins and Chase, then you've got one of the best slot-wide receivers in Tyler Boyd in the middle. He truly has made this offense so hard to defend because of his ability. And he didn't just come in and – not live up to the hype. He's more than lived up to the hype. He didn't even play last year at LSU. He took the year off and he is breaking franchise records for the Bengals left and right. And there's just, you, it, you, it almost can't be said the connection that he and Burrow have and the confidence they bring out in each other. And when you were talking about the difference between Burrow's confidence and almost arrogance, he prepares so hard that it doesn't allow him to be cocky and he showed up today in a space jam puffer so if you want to talk about (laughs) confidence i think that explains joe burrow in a nutshell (laughs) hold on i gotta look this up now (laughs) uh oh man oh i see it yes yeah we've experienced a santa hat and a crusty crab sweatshirt and today we have a space jam puffer so if you want to know what joe burrow is all about it's that (laughs) level of swag (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that is a look. Uh, I'm going to retweet this so that um, 
that you can see what this is uh, on my Twitter. <laughs> Joy Taylor. Talks. I would love to be a fly on the wall on how he goes through the process of picking out where do I go get a Space Jam puffer. <laughs> I mean, that is some coat. Um, yep, Joe Burrow <laughs> could pull that off. Well, make sure you follow Kelsey on social media as well at Kelsey L Conway. She is the Bengals reporter for Enquirer and USA Today. Thank you so much for stopping by, Kelsey. Enjoy the game today. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Joy. That's Kelsey Conway, Bengals reporter for Enquirer and USA Today Sports at Kelsey Con- L. Conway on Twitter. I just retweeted that uh, the video of Joe Burrow walking <laughs> into the stadium. That's a coat. I could pull that off. I could pull that off. I, uh, I love Space Jam. I actually like the new Space Jam, too. Um, what? You didn't like it, Sam? Look, here's the thing. The original Space Jam came out what year? Space Jam came out 98? Yeah, I want to say 98, 97. 96. 96. Okay, 96. I was nine years old. I thought it was awesome because I was nine. You know who else thinks this new Space Jam is awesome? Nine-year-olds because that's who it's made for. It's not made for us. Yeah. We're th- I'm 35 years old. It's not made for, well, I'll be 35 on Monday. I'm going to hold on to 34 for a couple more days. 34 years old. It's not made for me. We have movies for us. This is for children, and it's sprinkled a little nostalgia. That's what. That's where I think everybody got the new Space Jam wrong. I watched it. I was like, that was cute. If I was 10, I would be in, in love with this movie. And, and I enjoyed it. It wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. It was a completely watchable film. But it wasn't made for me. It was made for 10-year-olds. And I heard 10-year-olds really liked it. I don't have a lot of 10-year-old connections. I have a million nieces and nephews. None of them are in that range. (laughs) You could see how a 10-year-old would like that movie, though. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, All right. Coming back, who has the most pressure in this postseason in the NFL? Joy Taylor on the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! <laughs> 
Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurow Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What up? Welcome back to the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging with us. Heading into a super wild card weekend in the NFL. Very excited for the the matchups this weekend. A lot of great stories, starting with Raiders Bengals. Thank you to Kelsey Conway for helping us preview that game. Raiders Bengals is this afternoon, first game of the super wild card weekend, and Patriots Bills is tonight. Eagles Bucks Niners Cowboys and Steelers Chiefs tomorrow. You can watch Niners Cowboys with me on Prime Video on Scouts Feed with Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah and also on twitch.tv slash move the sticks and then Cardinals Rams on Monday night, which is uh, which is the greatest day of all. It's the greatest day in American history because it's it's my birthday on Monday. I'm going to be 35, which is really crazy to say, you know, when you're when you're like really young and someone says they're 35, and you're like, wow. That's, Never trust anyone over 30. It's so old. And then poof, you're 35. And you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not that old. Yeah, I dealt with the 35 uh, this past October. So Yeah? And, uh, yeah. It is the last. You are now on the back end of your 30s. Because you're 30 through 34. No, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle 30, of my 30s. 31, 30, 30, 30, I'm in the middle. I'm on the back end 35 yet. is kind of. <laughs> you're starting the back nine. <laughs> I'm in the middle. I'm directly in the middle. Uh, you're no, on the 10th hole. I don't really get crazy about. About age. I think it's a blessing to grow old. Do you still feel good? I feel... feel great. I feel okay. Uh, right. You know, I could do better. I could definitely stop acting like I'm 23 and probably, you know, take a little better care of myself. Uh, I try. I work out a lot. So there's that. Probably drink more water. Uh, you know, maybe not have the third margarita. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm happy. I'm happy with where I am in my life. So I'm not tripping about turning 35. I think it's great, actually. Um, but that's my view on on getting old, which I, I don't feel like I am. But I do get sleeping injuries. So that's usually a sign that 
What? <laughs> you know, when you wake up and you're like, you, you felt fine going to sleep and you wake up and like your elbow feels weird and stuff. No, like a sleeping injury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of pressure is on Matthew Stafford in, in this postseason. And, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of the Matthew Stafford hater, I guess, whatever. I just think it's crazy that nobody can ever be critical of Matthew Stafford. Like he's accomplished nothing in the postseason in his entire career. And the pressure's on now. You're here in Los Angeles. This is a Super Bowl contending team. He has yet to win a playoff game. And this Cardinals game, this is not going to be, like, it's not a walk in the park. Cardinals are a good team still. I know they've been a little inconsistent this year. But they are actually a great road team. And it's going to be a rough couple weeks if Matthew Stafford gets bumped in the first round of the playoffs. The expectations are very high in Los Angeles for this team. So... I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be it's going to be a close one. And the pressure is all on the Los Angeles Rams and Matthew Stafford in this game. We'll be back on the Joy Taylor show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Juan Gabriel, Juan Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Joy Taylor Show. Thanks for joining us on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, Super Wild Card Weekend. Show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Very excited to talk to Willie McGinnis, 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Super Bowl champ, Patriots Hall of Famer, USC legend, and of course on NFL Network. And on NFL Total Access with MJ Acosta, who I had dinner with last night. What's up, Willie? Thanks for joining us. Joy, what's going on? Thank you for the the really nice intro. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're you are a legend. Um, well, let's start with what I was just talking about before the break, which was that you know we're here in Los Angeles and city of stars, and the Los Angeles Rams gave up a lot to get Matthew Stafford right. and moved off of Jared Goff, who 
has obvious limitations, but did get them to a Super Bowl. And Matthew Stafford has never won a playoff game in his career. And this weekend they play the in-division Cardinals, who are a great road team. And I think that of all these teams and situations, uh, if I have to rank in order of the teams with the most amount of pressure on them this offseason, Rams is number one because of Matthew Stafford. Two, I would say the Cowboys. And then three, I would say Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Maybe you could flip the Packers depending on you know what your expectations are of the Cowboys. But I think unequivocally Matthew Stafford has the most pressure as an individual in this postseason. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, it was pretty much all-in year for the Rams, right? We saw a lot of acquisitions. We saw uh, a, a lot of players uh, being maneuvered and moved in. And, yeah, they did give up a King's ransom to get Matthew Stafford because they felt like that was the missing um, piece. Um, I will say this. I, I never make excuses for players and what they do, but when he was in Detroit, you got to kind of evaluate the talent that was around him consistently. You know, it's kind of a revolving door of players, coaches, systems, a lot of different things that went on. Um, now, when you go to the Los Angeles Rams, you are fully loaded and loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. So now when you look at this team preseason, during the season, and, and all the expectations, like you mentioned, Joy, um, it is. It was, in my opinion, Super Bowl or bust. And he did his job to a degree because he's gotten them into the playoffs. And now your record really doesn't matter. I mean, it's a one-game season. What you did in the, in, in the regular season doesn't matter. But I just, I'm just not comfortable of what I've seen from Matthew Stafford in the last four weeks. You know, with the turnovers, eight interceptions, the turnovers, um, when teams are able to get pressure, the way he looks, he panics in the pocket. Um, you know, he can't avoid. He, he throws the ball in the traffic. I'm just not comfortable with that and that's not how you want to look going into the playoffs well I agree with you like the the turnovers to me are what make me so nervous about Matthew Stafford like I I think they're fully capable of making it through the postseason and, and you know hosting the Super Bowl this year but he's got to take care of the ball and I kind of feel like when it comes to Matthew Stafford it's like you always got to qualify him like Every other quarterback in the league, if they struggle or if they were coming from a struggling situation, it's like Matthew Stafford's like, well, you know, he was in Detroit. <laughs> it's like, That's true. It's always like, no, nah, like he's the starting quarterback. He's got to take responsibility for it, just like he d- takes the praise when when things go right. I mean, I, I agree. I think that's, that's 100% accurate. And I think at some point we all got to take responsibility for what we do. And like I said, because of the, the talent on that roster, um, they are in position. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't say you're going to automatically win. Um, you still got to have that chemistry and play at a certain level like the Bucks did last year. You know, they acquired a lot of talent, brought a lot of free agents in. They kind of put together a team, got a new quarterback like Tom Brady. And it didn't, you know, it, it wasn't perfect, but it started to get better and better and better. And they caught momentum going into the playoffs. And this team was just like on fire on both sides of the ball. And I just haven't seen that. Um, with the Rams because now or the last couple of weeks is when you want to be playing your best ball. So you're right. There is no excuses regardless of where you were. It's where you at and what you have, you know, at your disposal. And uh, nobody's going to make excuses for him on Monday night at all. We're talking to Willie McGinnis and the Joy Taylor show. So let's talk about a team you obviously know extremely well in the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I think Mac Jones has had a nice rookie season. My 
my hesitation with going crazy about the expectations for the Patriots this year lie with Mac Jones being a rookie, because obviously we know what Belichick is capable of in this defense and so on and so forth. But this game this weekend is interesting because Belichick owns the Bills and it's another weird weather game. It's going to be like zero degrees. What are you expecting from the Patriots this weekend? Well, you know, I, I expect the Patriots to come into this game prepared. And whatever the game plan is, um, they're going to execute it, you know, to the fullest. And I, I, I do think they're going to run the football because that's where the Bills have had problems with teams uh, in the past, along with the Patriots. Um, they've attacked their front seven. And the Patriots will run the ball. But I do also think that um, a, a larger part of this game is going to fall on Mac Jones's arm. I think that the Bills understand what the Patriots are going to try to do. They're playing a better brand of football. Um, they went into Foxborough the last time they faced and beat the Patriots pretty good. They have the confidence. They're playing at home. The weather conditions will not be the same. And I think the Bills are fired up and ready to go. And it's a tough place to play. You know, I, I played there for 12 years um, on the road going to Buffalo. It's a tough place to play. But I do think that Mac Jones is going to have to do a little bit more of this game with this arm. And if they can run the ball, it's going to suit them well because alpha play action, um, Joy, um, his, his, his passer rating is, what, 117? His completion percentage is almost 80%. So it just shows you how important the run game is to the passing game. So I think that's going to be key. If they can run the ball, it's going to fare well for Mac Jones. We're talking to Willie McGinnis. Outside of the obvious, you know, number one seeds, who is the who's the scariest team in the postseason to you? Well, it has to be Kansas City. I mean, they're they're like a number one seed, right? I mean, they're 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 the team that's been to the Super Bowl a couple you know a couple years. Um, when you look at Dallas, Dallas is a scary a scary team. Um, they're complete on both sides of the ball. 49ers has been my dark horse, Joy, for the last seven weeks. I said, if this team gets any type of momentum and get guys back healthy and on the field, they are going to be a problem. I think overall, all the teams I mentioned, they are probably the most physical and scariest team that got a chance to be in the playoffs that teams are definitely worried about. It's funny that you mentioned the Chiefs because I feel like we're not even really talking about the Chiefs. We're focusing on everybody else, and there's the Chiefs because they're not the number one seed. Um, just kind of just chilling there with no no attention, no expectations, and that's, you know, they, they had an up-and-down season, so obviously that's why, but the Chiefs are definitely a very scary team that we're not paying a lot of attention to. So the MVP this year, much like the season, the season was full of parity for many reasons, obviously COVID being a big part of that, a lot mm-hmm. of big-time injuries, but... Uh, you know, there there really isn't a team that's head and shoulders above everyone else, including Tennessee and the Packers with the number one seeds. It's just it feels very competitive this year. And the MVP right. race kind of reflects that. Who is the MVP of the league to you? Oh, that's a tough one. I think Aaron Rodgers is definitely in the conversation. Um, what he's able to do um coming into camp and the way he's played, getting the number one seed and the way he's won and the way he's played. Um, and a lot of different facets of the game just shows you how special he is to that team and what he means when he's playing his best, even even fighting through injuries. Tom Brady led the league in passing yards and touchdowns. You know, 22 years in, he's still making um, big-time plays and playing at a high level, you know, with injuries as well. Jonathan Taylor um, is a guy who we really 
really, really talked about. Um, he's not in the playoffs, and I think that was disappointing for the team. But what he did was special at the running back position because he was the reason why they had an opportunity um, to get in the playoffs, Joey. And I know I'm, I'm giving you a few guys because it's, it's tough. T.J. Watt, you know, tying the all-time sack record, you got to think about him um, as a candidate as well. So um, there's there are some players that, that are there. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's going to be tough. I think you got you to pick your poison. I think right now, Maybe Aaron has a little bit of lead on everybody, and you know every, everybody that I mentioned. We're talking to Willie McGinnis and the Joy Taylor Show. So we also discussed all of the coaching openings. There's eight of them now, assuming that you know the Raiders are in- included in that list. Um, although I, th- I think Pisacci has done an incredible job with the Raiders this year. Yes. Um, I don't look at. I don't. Maybe I don't want to assume that I don't look at coaching hires the same way everyone else does. But when I think about these coaches being fired, I like to look at the situation surrounding the team. How many coaches has this team gone through in recent years? Is the team dysfunctional? Was the team dysfunctional because of the coach? Do they have a quarterback? And I try to remember that when coaches are fired, it's not just the head coach that's let go. It's an entire staff of people. So when you're talking about a team, say, like the Dolphins um, or Jacksonville or the Giants, who have fired multiple head coaches over the last 10 years, you're talking about firing hundreds of people. And to me, I don't look at the situation like, oh, we just got to get find the right guy. Like, nah, maybe you need to look in the mirror because it seems like you've tried a couple guys and the results are the same no matter who you bring in here. So after a while, it's probably the foundation that's broken. You keep trying to change the paint on the house, but it keeps peeling off because the house isn't right. So that's how I look at some of these situations. All of them I don't feel like are the same, but what is your assessment of, of this round of firings overall? Well, I think it's interesting, and you made some great points. Um, you know, I think the foundation, you know, is upper management ownership. It starts with ownership you know, and what's important and, you know, what, what type of coach are you bringing in to, to lead the men in the locker room and also, you know, to build character throughout, you know, the organization and, and, and for the coaches and all the way down, you know, to scouting and everything else. And I think the GMs have a big part of that. The presidents have a big part of that. And a lot of those decision-making, depending on the dynamic joy of how the team is ran, is it like the Patriots were, Bill Belichick is pretty much the GM over football operations, the head coach. He pretty much calls all the shots. Is it a synchronized decision-making like situation where you have the GM, you know, like in Seattle with, you know, with Pete Carroll and Snyder and, and they have a group of people where they make decisions collectively. Like you can go to different situations and see how it's done. Is it a place where, you know, the GM pretty much has all the power, you know, kind of like it was in, with the Giants, who you mentioned, well, Gettleman was responsible for hiring coaches and pretty much the lead dog when it came to bringing players in and the draft and all that. And they probably do get a little input from the scouting and the coaches. So the dynamics are different. I will say um, it doesn't always fall on the head coach, depending on, you know, how the power is distributed within the building. And people have to understand that. And it also have to understand that it takes time to build culture. It takes time to get men uh, in the professional locker room to buy in to what you want and what you're trying to do. 
especially if you've come from a winning organization and you're trying to implement that. Sometimes players aren't used to that and they get rubbed the wrong way or things don't go their way. They have a hard time with putting team over individualism. So there's a lot of things that factor in, you know, to what type of coach you should bring in. You know, if you bring in a young coach like they did with the Cardinals, a young coach who can relate to the quarterback because he understands the system and he can develop him and a Kyler Murray and a Cleve Kingsbury. It just all depends on the dynamic of what you're trying to do with your organization. Um, and it will be interesting along with a lot of other, you know, we talked about this offline um, along with some of our, our, our top quarterbacks in the league that could be possibly moving and going to different organizations and playing for different teams. Does that factor in, you know, with the organization, what kind of coach they're going to bring in, you know, to kind of match them up with a veteran quarterback like a Deshaun Watson, uh, possibly Russell Wilson, possibly Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, guys moving around like that, Jimmy Garoppolo, we don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see. So you spent the majority of your career in New England and obviously with Bill Belichick, and so you have a perspective of that culture there and how to make things work. And I always point to the Steelers as, you know, similar to the Patriots and and that they're they're not a panicky franchise, very consistent. You have good years, you have great years, you have okay years, but you don't panic. But one thing I keep hearing from certain places that drives me crazy. And if I was an owner, there's no way I could deal. Like there's no way I want you coming into my office with this nonsense, the way everyone is so fired is oh, we're just we're just having a really hard time getting along. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what do you mean you're having a hard time getting along? I don't want to hear that. Like at the and, and in one of the places I keep hearing this from is Miami. Like, oh, like Brian Flores, he's just uh, you know, he's just a tough guy, and it's you know, he's he just like he wants a lot of power and like. You know, he just he was just not like having a hard time getting like Chris Greer was having a hard time getting along with them. Like, I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't care if you guys get along. What is this? Is this book club or something like we're trying to win football <laughs> games. He had back to back winning seasons. I don't care. I hear so much about this. I'm like, you don't have to want to get a beer with everybody you work with. You do have to try to win, though. And, and it drives me insane when these dysfunctional franchises keep coming to me with the same story. Like, well, it's just a little bit of dysfunction. Like, we couldn't get along. It's having, like, issues with, uh, you know, relationships. Like, I don't care. Are you winning? Are you building, like, consistency? That drives me crazy. Is that overblown? Because it makes me insane. No, I, I don't think it's overblown at all. And I, and I think um... – you know, when you look at, you mentioned Brian Flores, he comes from a winning brand. He's, he's a champion. He right. knows how to, how to win. He's won under the best coach to ever do it in the history of, of the NFL. And so he learned under that toilet. But Chris Greer comes from the New England. His father was also the GM in New England when I was there under Parcells. So, you know, Chris Greer was there in scouting. And so he understands a winning brand of football. Sometimes personalities and and in the way of thought or thinkings or whatever the case may be, it is a clash. But I've always said, I've been in the locker room with guys that I didn't necessarily like, but I respect their position and understand in a professional setting, this is what we have to do uh, in, in the name of winning football games, like you mentioned. And he did have, you know, a 10 and 6 season. Then he did, you know, go off and, and win, what, six or seven straight in a row. Right. And, 
And, and you have to, like I said before, Joy, building a culture, putting pieces in place, getting guys to buy in, it doesn't happen overnight. Like, it just doesn't. And I think what Brian Flores was doing was special. His personality is his personality. Um, do you think everybody, you know, loves the way Bill talks or responds or, you know, greets the media or whatever the case may be? No, they don't. But at the end of the day, is he good for the program? Does he win football games? Does he develop players? Does he run a, a special brand of football? Um, is it team over individualism? Are the guys prepared? I can go all the way down the line. The answer is yes. And that result has been in the free, a couple of decades of winning football at a high level. So people are not going to always get along. But when it comes to a decision maker, like a GM, which that's Chris's position, and a head coach where you're trying to bring in players and you got to be on the same accord when it comes to that. The communication has to be clear and precise on what the, the, the final, you know, the final agreement is or what you're trying to do and going and being aligned in the same direction. And you personally start to not like this person. It interferes with the work. It interferes with the process. It interferes with the production. It interferes with the communication when it comes to, picking and talking and doing business, it becomes uncomfortable. So I don't know how grown men in these situations can get to that point where it disrupts the entire team where somebody gets fired from somebody who's winning football games, but it happens. And it's a shame because I like both of these men. Yeah, I have respect for them. And I understand what the common goal was. It just didn't work out. So hopefully there's an opportunity for somebody else, you know, for, for, for Brian Flores somewhere else, because I think he makes a great head coach. And I think the way he is personally as a man, he's learned from the best. And if that's how he is personally, then you have to accept that when you bring him in. Thank you so much for coming on, Willie. I really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Anytime, Joe. You're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Willie. Right. I'm so glad he agrees with me. It's nonsense. You don't get along. We'll discuss this wild card weekend starting in just a few hours and check in with Darnell Smith about the Big Game podcast. Talk a little, uh, what are we going to do with Carson Wentz? Do they keep him? We'll discuss that next. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! 
Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Toro Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Joy Taylor show on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you so much to Kelsey Conway joining us and talking about the Bengals Raiders game this afternoon. And Willie McGinnis for, uh, I just, you know, I love when the greats, I love when the unquestionables agree with me. 15 years in the NFL, Patriots Hall of Famer. Eh, maybe guys, maybe guys don't let your personal opinions of each other affect the team. Maybe. It's maddening when teams say that. And that's what everyone's saying with the Dolphins. Like, oh, what'd you hear? It's hard to get along with. What, what do I care about? Why do I care? Why do I care? If I'm a billionaire running an organization and my top two guys come in and are like, we're having a hard time getting along. Like, what? Get in a room, talk about your grievances, get it out of the way, and let's go win football games. What are you talking about? You don't have to love everybody. It's such a weird thing to say. I don't get it. it, Clearly, it's not just me. And especially when it comes to football, which is the ultimate team game, right? I guess that's the thing. It's like you're not going to like everybody you work with. You know why we used – remember in school when we used to have to do uh, group exercises? The worst. Oh, It's just a a collective groan when you have to do the group exercise, like the group project, right? Because what's going to happen? Somebody's not going to do any of their work. Someone's going to be overbearing. Someone's going to be like the actual smart one who knows how to do it. And someone else, like the other three or four are just going to hang out, right? And then eventually what happens? The last day before it's due, someone's going to be aggressive and take it over and present it to the class, right? That's what happens every time. I used to hate group projects. And then I finally figured out what group projects are for. It's to make you work with other people, to collaborate with people that you wouldn't, you didn't talk to these people in class. The teachers always assign who you work with. So you don't just get to work with your friends. That's what life is. That's what being a professional is. You're not always going to work with all people that you enjoy spending time with. You're not even going to work with all smart people. You might not even work for smart people, but you've got to figure it out. It can't just always be like, wow, you forgot. You know, I I don't like the way that he says this word. It just annoys me. Get over it. Is he a bad person? That's not the conversation we're having here. Bad people, that's a different conversation. But this is a good person of high character, qualified, and is doing a good job. You can't get along with them, and I'm supposed to care about that. Why? I do not understand it. It is such a childish, strange, egotistical thing to say. Figure it out. We're here to win football games, and that's what they were doing. It's maddening to me. So I'm so glad that Willie McGinnis agreed with me. Some people would tell me that I'm wrong. They're not going to tell Willie he's wrong. (laughs) You've been validated. I have been validated. All right, let's check in with Darnell Smith about the game podcast and uh, speak for yourself on FS1. But first, let's get to Ralph Urban with what's trending. Well, thank you very much, Joy. And yes, we are counting down to one hour from kickoff. It is just an hour away. The NFL's super wild card weekend with the Las Vegas Raiders in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. And yeah, the Bengals have not won a home game in a long time. They're, they have not run a playoff game since January of 1991. I know, I know you were there, Joy. 
when, when Cincinnati took on the Houston Oilers. 91, I was, ooh, I was four. Yeah. The next week, they <laughs> lost to the Raiders in what would be Bo Jackson's final game. That's how long ago it's been since Cincinnati has won a playoff game. They host the Las Vegas Raiders later today. And then tonight, of course, it's going to be a game in the cold. New England playing at Buffalo. Some other notes. Ram safety Taylor Rapp out with a concussion. Sean McVay confirmed that. That means starting safeties Taylor Rapp and Jordan Fuller both out for Monday's game against the Arizona Cardinals. Eric Weddle is actually going to be activated for this game. The Bucs have activated running back Gio Bernard, hoping to get him and Leonard Fournette carries so they don't have to rely on Le'Veon Bell as they take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Juju Smith. Schuster is going to play, or at least he has been activated from the injured reserve for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You'd expect they try to get him in against Kansas City. Now, right now on the college basketball scoreboard, number eight, Duke, 67-52 lead over North Carolina State midway through the second half. 13 minutes to go in the second half. Number nine, Kansas now up 51-38 over West Virginia. Final in is number 18, Kentucky, hammered number 22, Tennessee, 107-79. And now we send it back. It's Saturday with Joy. Thank you to Ralph Irvin for what's trending. Yeah, so that was, what, 31 years ago, the last time the Bengals won a playoff game? Yep, a long time ago. Let's go out to Darnell Smith about the game podcast and uh, speak for yourself on FS1. Also the owner of Live For Today Clothing. What's up, Darnell? What's going on, Joy? Thanks for the shout out. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so I wanted to to talk to you a little bit about these cults of yours. Uh, quite a disappointing ending. Not that we want to focus on teams that didn't make the postseason, but there has been a lot of conversation this week about Carson Wentz's future there. So uh, first of all, how mad are Colts fans at Carson Wentz? And do you think that they should keep him another year? Joy, Colts fans are, we are pissed at Carson Wentz right now, man. It's like, we got an MVP caliber running back in Jonathan Taylor. We have dogs on the defense, great offensive line. The Colts literally have everything they need to be a, a true contender, but at one position, the QB spot. And to lose to the Jaguars, last game of the season, the worst team in the league. Come on, Joy. None of us, none of us expected to see that. I don't care if you were. Rooting against the Colts, you were rooting for the Colts. No one expected to see the Colts lose that game. And a lot of it, I have to put it against Carson Wentz. Now, if you watch the game, obviously I can't put it all on him. The defense, out the gate, very first drive, very first possession, the Jags drove all the way down the field and scored against us. But there's certain moments in games and throughout the season where your defense won't be at its best, the running game may not be there, and you have to count on your QB to make those big plays to, to lift the team up in those moments. And Carson Wentz just doesn't have that in him. And I think he had two turnovers through a pick, had a fumble, both were very costly. And it's just like, man, I, I was a big supporter of getting Carson Wentz at the beginning of the season. I thought it was our best move at the time. But looking back now, if the coach want to be true contenders and get back to that promised land, I just don't think Carson Wentz can do it. And the whole east side of Indianapolis right now, Joy, they're pissed at Carson Wentz. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't hate the Carson Wentz move. I actually thought it was a good move, especially because of Frank Reich. Um, but 
Right. You know, so it's not like what other option did you have? And that might be the situation moving forward as well. Like what else is out there on the market? Like what do you do if you don't get Carson Wentz? Like if Carson Wentz moves on, uh, someone like the Steelers is going to be interested. Like there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in trying to fix Carson Wentz. Um, and overall, like he didn't have a bad season. It's just you got to win right. when it matters. And that was that was not a good situation. Um, what do you think of the the coaching firings this round? There's eight Eight, if you include the Raiders, um, but but seven uh, open slots right now for head coaches. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, one that very really stands out the most, and I, I'm sure you feel me as well, being a Dolphins fan, was the Brian Flores fire. I just really didn't see that happening. I believe they went eight and one, if I'm not mistaken, the last nine games of the season, um, and just with all the. Uh, you know, early season talk with Deshaun uh, Watson coming coming into Miami and taking the spot for tour. There's a lot of controversy going on the first half of the season to where I think that played a role in the Dolphins not being very successful. So to see them end the season off very strong and, and for Brian Flores to get fired, that was the one that really stuck out the most. Um, obviously, I know Alexander, I mean, Matt Nagy, a lot of guys got fired. And overall, for me, I just think that coaches – always the easy way, way out. Anytime a team's not being successful um, or they don't you know, reach the playoffs or whatever the case may be, the head coach is always the first guy you go to. I get it. You know, you're the leader of the team. You know, you're the leader of the organization. There's a lot of weight that goes on your shoulders. But I think you have to also be realistic at times. You have to look at more than just like the head coach. Like, what's going on? Who's going to have position? Who, who do you have on that team from a talent standpoint? What the situation like? How they improved from you know previous seasons? And I think you have to put all of that um, into the mix before making making the decision. Um, and I just think part of the joy is that we live in a world now where everyone wants instant gratification. So these coaches are on a very very short lease. And if you're not winning right now, it's like all right, on to the next. And the problem with that is you can never really get that. That true, uh, I guess, team feel when you're constantly giving you coaches, you know, two, three years max to, to, to build, to really build a team and then you get rid of them. It's like you will never truly get those, you know, Mike Tomlin, Stiller situations and, you know, Bill Belichick with the Patriots. You never get those long tenured coaches if you don't get them a chance to truly build. Yeah. We're talking to Darnell Smith. Darnell, I'm going to put you on hold for a second because we're having a little um, connection issue. I'll have one more question for you whenever. Uh... We check in uh, and see what's going on with his phone there. But but yeah, he's right. Like that's that's sort of my issue with uh, with some of these teams is that there's this idea just, you know, we're an impatient society and that's not going to change. We have phones. We do everything instantly and we expect our sports to turn around the same way. And we look we point to certain things like, you know, LeBron James coming into town or Tom Brady going to the Bucks and think that everything can be this overnight success. And there's outliers to situations like, I don't know, LeBron James being the greatest on earth and the second greatest player in the history of the sport and Tom Brady being the greatest player in the history of the sport. Like you can't do that with every single player because you don't have those guys and a lot of things have to be in place. So I think the coaches are the easy way out. Obviously you can't you can't fire an entire organization. You can't fire the owner. A lot of times the GMs don't get moved on from quickly enough. And so it becomes an institutional thing where you're constantly flipping over personnel. And at one point or another, it's no longer the coaches. It's 
It's the system. It's the building. It's the organization. If you're going through coaches every single three years or every other year, it's not the guys. Like, it's you. But I do think that there are a lot of great candidates for this this coaching cycle. There's a lot of great coordinators who have been head coaches before. There are some head coaches available, like Jim Caldwell, Doug Peterson, um, and they're going to get opportunities, as they should, and uh, we're Dar- Darnell is back with us. Sorry about that, Darnell. We were having some trouble with your phone there. Um, who? What? What game are you most looking forward to this weekend in Super Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, there's a lot of good games, Joy. But the number one game for me uh, is that Bills and Patriots game. I'm very excited about that. Um, me and my guy TJ Hushmanzada, we made a bet on our About the Game podcast. Um, I chose the Patriots to win this game. He went with the Bills. We put out 50 push-ups on the bet. So you guys see me doing a random 50 push-ups on social media. Things didn't go in my favor. Uh, <laughs> now, are you going to do real push-ups? Race. Oh, yeah. I'm, come, come on, Joey. You, know you know I'm a dog, Joey. I, listen, I, I, do not, I do not do real push-ups. I, don't, I have no interest in attempting a real push-up. I do uh, on the knees or on a bench, um, but I'm not doing a real push-up. At 50? Forget it. Come on. 50 straight. I think you could do it, Joy. You put your mind to it. You're from Pittsburgh. You could do 50 push-ups. <laughs> I want no part of that. Push-ups are, push-ups are torture. Who invented those? I want to know who invented push-ups and who invented uh, burpees. Shame on you. Shame Ooh, on them. Sh- yeah, I don't sh- like the burpees. I don't like the burpees. Oh, I'm not into burpees <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game as well. I think it's interesting because it's one of the two weather games this weekend, uh, Tampa being the mm-hmm. other one because it's supposed to be bad weather and it's going to be zero degrees. Um, now you played. How does it affect ha- affect players when it is actually that cold? Like there's cold, there's like football weather cold, and then there's there's brick. It's gonna be brick in Buffalo. Joe, I'm gonna tell you this. That very first play of the game, it sucks. That first contact. You know, I was a former defensive lineman. You know, in college, and that first like collision, I tell it feels like your fingers are breaking. It, it's it's the worst pain in the world. Now I'll tell you this. Once you get that first drive out the way. Your adrenaline gets going, your blood gets flowing, and it kind of becomes like a normal game. You just have to make sure you stay warm on that sideline. But early on in the game, man, that first drive and first couple of plays is definitely tough. So I think the key is for the Patriots to win, they need to sustain drives and, you know, really keep keep that Bills offense on the sideline, keep them cold, keep them stiff. It's obviously hard to stay, stay loose when it's colder outside, and I think that will really help them you know, win the game. The first two times they played, Joy, um, they ran the ball very well against Buffalo, both times. You know, I'll see in the first win um, in that crazy weather game. And then even in this most recent one when they lost, I think Damian Harris still uh, ran over 100, 100 yards. So I, I think it being this cold really is the benefit, the benefit of the Patriots. So I feel good about it. And, Joy, I can never bet against Bill Belichick. I've said I it before. Being a long-time coach fan, <laughs> there's certain things that you just got to count on. And, like, I'm not betting against Belichick. I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I don't care what's going on. So, I just like the Patriots in this one. It's a, it's a smart lifestyle to not do that. Thank you so much, Darnell, for joining <laughs> us. Make sure you follow him on social media at Darnell underscore Smith 95. And uh, check out the About the Game podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thank you. And happy birthday, Capricorn oh, season. I'm thank you. Capricorn season. Cap gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Darnell. <laughs>
All right, when we come back, we'll go over the uh, the best games of the weekend. All of them are the best games, but uh, I'm going to do my favorite five and give you some dimes and uh, break down that. All the home teams are favorite. That's a trap. That's a trap. It's a trap on The Joy Taylor Show. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, how do, how do we land on this one? Is this, is this the year? What is this? I mean, I know this is 50 Cent in the club. I'm just saying. Well, it's your, it's your birthday it's song. It's my birthday? Okay. <laughs> Would you prefer a different birthday song? No, this is great. This is great. I just, I, I like, I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I like, I like finding how you land on these, uh, these songs, DJ, DJ Sam. Thank you. Um, yes, my birthday is Monday, um, but in true Capricorn fashion, I'm going to celebrate all week and weekend. Uh, the big three five, which is great. I'm I'm appreciative of the ability to grow old. Thirty uh, five is not old, but no, uh, you know, it's 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 significant when you're like when you're twelve. Thirty five seems ancient. Yeah, and then you're thirty five, and you're like, yeah, that's so when bad. you're twelve, you're 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 nothing. Yeah, you're not smart either. <laughs> Sorry, twelve year olds, but. There's a, lot, there's, a lot, there's a lot more you got to find out about life. Uh, this weekend is Super Wild Card Weekend, and uh, there are there are nothing but great matchups except for Steelers Chiefs. Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites. But let's get my favorite five real quick. Uh, run through these again. Raiders at Bengals is coming up shortly. Cincinnati favored by five and a half. The last time the Cincinnati Bengals won a playoff game was 31 years ago. I think that will change today. I think the, the Raiders will win. I mean, I'm sorry, the Bengals will win, but I think the Raiders will cover. Patriots, Bills tonight. It will be very, 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 very cold. Bills are favored by four and a half. Um, this is a great, great matchup. Belichick owns the Bills. Will Josh Allen be able to out, outwit the GOAT, Bill Belichick? Eagles at Bucks. another weather game. It's supposed to be a downpour. In Tampa Bay, but the Eagles are a great rushing team. Obviously, a very, uh, a very exciting team. Way overachieved uh, and did an incredible job this year. I was very wrong about the Eagles, and they deserve a lot of credit. They did a nice job this season. Niners at Cowboys. Dallas minus three. 
And this is an old school marquee matchup. You can also watch with me, DJ Bucky, uh, on uh, Prime Video for Scouts Feed. Just change your audio settings to Scouts Feed. You can also watch with us on twitch.tv slash move the sticks tomorrow. Cardinals at Rams. Can Matthew Stafford finally get that elusive playoff win? I, I'm skeptical about it, but the Rams are favored by four and a half. And then my two dimes, Eagles plus eight and a half. That's a lot of points, a lot of points for the number one rushing team in the league. And uh, Patriots plus four and a half. As Darnell said, it's really tough to go against Bill Belichick. I think the Bills win, but I definitely think it's closer than that. So I'm going to take the Patriots plus four and a half. It's been, it's been a wild week. In, in the NFL and, and sports world overall. Obviously, Black Monday was this week, so we found out what job openings were going to be available in the NFL. And uh, and when you look at the the positions that are open, there's really... The Vikings is the best situation overall. Uh, good ownership, good roster, great fan base, not dysfunctional. I think Mike Zimmer did a nice job there. I think Mike Zimmer is a good coach. But they got Kirk Cousins. So that's why he's not there anymore. It's it's not that it was a dysfunctional place or he wasn't doing a good job. I just don't I don't know that there's a person that can make Kirk Cousins better than he is. But that's the best situation. When you look at it, Texans completely dysfunctional. It's a disaster there. Giants, absolute disaster. It's embarrassing how how far the Giants have fallen from grace. Dolphins, forget it. You're gonna be fired in three years if you don't win a Super Bowl. So good luck with that. The Bears do have Justin Fields, but they need a whole lot more help. And the Bears have shown no ability to be consistent either. The Broncos, great roster, great situation. But they're going to have a new owner, so that's kind of interesting. How does that work out? Jacksonville, I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence, but a couple other nice pieces. It's, it's not really a great situation. I think that the Raiders should stick with Passaccia. He's done a really nice job there. But we will see what direction all these teams go in and who gets picked up where. It's Super Wild Card Weekend. Enjoy the games this weekend. Looking forward to all of them. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy yourself. Thanks to everyone who joined us today. Post the podcast after. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.